0: SAFM values your views be an active citizen for all your medical care and needs ask our doctors
1: So let's talk cervical cancer. Cervical cancer is said to be the fourth most common cancer among women internationally. In South Africa, it is said to be the second most common cancer among women between the ages 15 and 44 years of age. Another fact is that more than 95% of cases of cervical cancer are caused by human papillomavirus. Doctors now say that men are not immune either and are also at risk of developing penile, throat and anal cancer due to hpv to educate us more on this we're joined on the line by dr jason Bennett, obstetrician and gynecologist at the mediclinic tigerberg hospital dr Bennett, good morning maybe let's start with this hpv what is hpv and what are hpv types and what cancers does hpv cause for both men and women Hi,
2: KG. Thanks for having me. And yes, I'm at MediClinic Cape Town and I'm also at Tigerberg Hospital. And so, HPV is a a terrible virus that can affect men and women. And what it does, particularly for women, is it can make its way into the cervix via sexual contact. And it can make itself kind of at home in the cervix. And over time, it can cause some bad or changes of the cervix. And these changes can eventually become cancer. And it can cause cancer of the cervix, but also what people often don't think of, it can also cause cancer of the vagina and cancer of the vulva. In men, it can cause cancer of the penis and of the anus. And then later on in life, say when you're 50 or 60 years of age, it can also cause cancer of the base of the tongue and also of the tonsils. So there's a it is a really, um, it, it, It's a very prevalent virus, and there's so many things we can do about it to prevent the complications.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, you know, before we even talk about the things that we we can do to prevent the complications, uh, you know, what is then cervical cancer? And how prevalent is it for us here in South Africa?
2: So cervical cancer is a cancer. So cancer are these very abnormal cells that kind of don't know what they want to do and they just keep on dividing and dividing and dividing and they can grow quite rapidly. It affects the cervix. So the cervix is kind of the, we can call it the mouth of the womb or the, the base of, of the uterus. That's so kind of where the, a baby's head would come out. And I mean, what happens is it grows like a tumor and this tumor can get bigger and bigger and bigger. It eventually goes in and invades certain areas. So for example, it'll invade the area around the cervix. It can start invading the actual uterus or the womb, and it can then start blocking certain very important structures. So, for example, a big tumour can block the pipes that connect the the kidneys to the bladder. So you can get um, your kidneys can be very very badly affected. It can start invading the vagina and growing down the vagina, and at some point it can grow into a b or 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 go into lymph nodes or pass through lymph nodes, which are kind of the, the drainage of the cervix, which means it can spread to areas that are distant from the cervix. And at some point, we even get something called metastasis from cervical cancer, which means the cancer has either gone by the blood or by lymph nodes to other areas of the body.
1: Yeah. So HPV, are there like HPV vaccines? And if there are, are those available in South Africa? And how effective are they in the first place?
2: Yes. So South Africa, luckily, has got all three types of the vaccine available. So we call it a bivalent vaccine, which covers types 16 and 18. Those are the more, are the worst types or the, the highest risk of giving cancer And we've now got a four-valent vaccine, um, which covers type 16 and 18, but also covers type 6 and 11. Type 6 and 11 are the the viruses that cause um, genital warts. And now we have a nine-valent vaccine, which has been relatively recently launched, which covers nine strains of the virus. The, The HPV vaccine is extremely effective in decreasing your chance of getting an abnormal pap smear and of developing cervical vulva and vaginal cancer.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, what age do you need to be to even get this vaccine? And is this for both uh, boys and girls, men and women?
2: So that's such an important question. And the age of getting the vaccine is, is also a very important kind of thing that we need to look at. So below the age of 15 is the ideal time to get the vaccine. Because mm. when you do get the vaccine below the age of 15, your body can mount an immune response that is extremely strong. And you even only need two of the vaccines below the age of 15. Ideally, between the age of 11 and 12 is when you should get vaccinated. So the Africa does offer the bivalent vaccine for free at many schools. And there are a lot of outreach and out outreach and Things that can, that, can, that can travel to schools, the parents just need to give consent for the vaccine. But other than other than that, of the 4 can be given up to the age of or the the four-valent vaccine can be given up to the age of 45, and the non-valent vaccine. I mean, ideally, you would like it before the age of 45, but there's no kind of maximum age restriction. You just need to be above the age of nine years of age. So, women above the age of 15, between 15 and 27, um, is definitely an ideal age where you can still get the vaccine. It's just that you need to have three doses of it.
1: Yeah. So I mean uh, the, the, how does this uh, cervical cancer did I understand you correctly when you said with men it manifests uh, because I think a lot of our male listeners are quite keen to understand it properly it manifests sometimes <clears throat> in the penal area, in the penis area uh, and and is that is what, what then does it get called because if in women it yeah. it gets called cervical cancer what it's would that cancer, cancer be for yeah. men?
2: So men often, we call it the vector, or men often carry, carry HPV, but a lot of the time they are completely, what we call asymptomatic. So, so they have absolutely no symptoms, but they can't, can transmit the, the virus to other people. Um, and They
1: themselves can transmit the virus to other people. They can
2: transmit to other people, yes, during okay. sexual, sexual contact. And um, types 6 and 11 are the types of the virus that can cause warts. So in a man, if they get infected with type 6 and 11, they may develop warts of the penis or the scrotum or the general genital area or the anal area. The other types doesn't necessarily affect men as, bad as it, badly as it affects women, but it still can. And over time, we have noticed um, incidences of penile cancer, and also it is responsible for anal cancer as well. I think it's such an overlooked thing that men should get the vaccine. Unfortunately, it's not available for free for men. But if you can afford it, it's definitely something I would advise.
1: Is is it an expensive vaccine to get? I mean, you said it's not available for free for men. If men have uh, to get the vaccine, is it something they can get, for example, at a public hospital? No. Yes, it's
2: not. So the, the bivalent, so the, the top 16 and 18, and they can get it at, at a public hospital. They may have to pay. I know it costs about 109 rand for the mm. vaccine. And you mm. have to have three of them above the age of 15. The four-valent vaccine, current um, price ranges are about 940 rand. And the nine-valent vaccine, which is obviously the ultimate and it's coming in at about 2,000 rand per vaccine, and you do need to have three of them. So you have an initial vaccine, and then you have another vaccine two months later, and then another vaccine six months after the first vaccine.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I must, I'm going to assume, uh, same with cervical cancer and uh, the cancer we were just talking about uh, that relates to men. Uh, but the, the Early discovery is the most important part.
2: Totally, it is. Um, With regards, obviously with females, and there is a screening program. So obviously a Pap smear can pick up early changes of the cervix, which Mm -hmm. is why they are so important to have done. For men, there is no screening test at present for HPV for men, and it may be something. So in the absence of
1: screening, does that mean it's always detected late?
2: And so in a man, you're not going to pick up HPV on a test. So there's no swabs of the penis to pick up HPV. Mm-hmm. You may pick up pick pick it up if you find warts of the penis or of the scrotum, or you may pick it up if you find a cancer of the penis or, or, or the anus. But with a woman, you you'll pick something up in what we call a precancerous phase. Because what happens is that the HPV goes into these cells, it creates a whole lot of abnormalities with the DNA. And these cells slowly over time start to become abnormal. And that is when a woman has a pap smear, we can pick up these abnormal cells and we call a pre-cancerous phase. And a pre-cancerous phase is a, is a much easier phase to treat than when someone has got actual cancer.
1: Mm. So, I mean, <clears throat> for both men and women w uh, what is um, even anything to look out for, if at all, um, you know, I know you said it's a bit harder in men, if yeah. at all to look out for uh, that that can signal that something might not necessarily be 100 percent with you. Yeah.
2: So let's look at it for a woman and then let's look at it for a male. Yes, for please. A woman, What they will make a woman can be completely asymptomatic with HPV and not know that she has it. A woman can even be completely asymptomatic with cancer of the cervix. So which is why it is so important for women to have regular pap smears or screenings of their cervix, which are available for free. Um, And then they're also available in the private sector as well. And private sector is also able to actually pick up HPV types not just look at an abnormal pap smear, which, which really has changed things a lot for us. And um, a woman with regards to more advanced disease, so for example, cancer of the cervix, can present with with bleeding after intercourse, it can present with any abnormal bleeding. So for example, bleeding between the periods, and um, it can also present with a vaginal discharge, also smelly, smelly vaginal discharge. For male, it's much more subtle. So HPV infection, as I said, could be completely asymptomatic. You may not know you have it, but you're passing it on to other people. A wart, so a wart kind of, I know it sounds a bit strange to think of it like this, but a wart looks a bit like a small cauliflower, and they can kind of grow a lot. So you may notice it on the glands of the penis, base of the penis, and on the, on the scrotum. Um, and then also on, on, the, on the, the rectal area as well
1: so if a man has hpv but doesn't know that he's got yeah. hpv and has sexual relations uh with a woman and inadvertently then without even intending to passes it on uh to the woman is there anything that will uh be uh y- you know be evident in the woman that uh, that that could tell her that she ha- has had hpv passed on to her by her partner
2: not necessarily. So she may notice absolutely nothing. Completely, it may just make itself home in her cells and start causing these changes. Mm-hmm. She may absolutely no symptoms. If she gets, if she trans or picks up HPV type six and eleven, she may notice warts on on her vulva and in her vagina. So the same type of of lesions all around the the vulva and the vagina.
1: Yeah. How many types of H- HPV are there? And, you know, what distinguishes the types? What what makes uh, the worst type the worst type, for example?
2: Yeah. Good question. There are many different types. I mean, 30, 40, 50 types. Uh-huh. And different types cause different things. Um, and certain types, we call it more oncogenic. That's so uh-huh. a fancy word for saying certain types have a higher chance of causing cancer of the cervix. Mm. For example, type 16 and 18, we say these are the most oncogenic types of HPV. So if you could choose an HPV to not get, you would not want type 16 and 18.
0: Mm.
2: And so you have a higher chance of getting cancer of the cervix or getting an abnormal cells of the cervix with type 16 and 18.
1: So if you're living with a chronic illness, any kind of chronic illness, uh, d- d- does it uh, you know, make you uh, uh, have a higher risk of uh, getting HPV or is there anything that you can take that minimizes your risk or is it still just the vaccine as we we're talking?
2: So we know that um, someone living with HIV, HIV affects the immune systems in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And your immune response, to HPV may not be as good as someone's immune response to someone without HPV. So having HPV definitely does increase your chances of getting cervical cancer quite significantly. And in fact, it's any immunosuppressive kind of disease can, can do that, especially if someone's on immunosuppression for whatever reason, organ transplant, mm. but particularly with HIV. So we see a lot of cervical cancer in patients with, who, who are HIV positives.
1: Yeah. And then let's talk the the, the backing of uh, the H- HPV vaccination because, you know, uh, we just came from that era with uh, vaccines and COVID, um, mm. uh, uh, you know, because one of the questions that just came through now from our listeners is what type of vaccine is this? Is it um, M- an mRNA based vaccines? What kind of uh, research went into it and how backed is this vaccine?
2: So the vaccine has been been around for a very, very long time, okay, more than twenty years. We have years and years of of information about it. Um, it's what, what we call it it's called a virus-like particle. So mm-hmm. what happens is that we take a little piece of, of 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 a gene inside the virus and we put it into a special cell. And we get that cell to make another type of HPV with no genetic material. So it's basically to call an empty, an empty capsid. So it's kind of like a ball of nothingness. Mm. If that makes sense. And what happens is that the body it can't cause any disease in anyone. Okay, so it can't cause HPV. But what happens is that your body will recognize this empty capsid it will start making antibodies to it. So you'll now develop antibodies to HPV-16 and HPV-18 and all the other types of HPVs. And then when you do get exposed to that HPV at some point in your life, your body would already have an immune response.
1: Mm. So you'll be able
2: to eliminate that virus very quickly and hopefully it won't affect you. But it is a very safe vaccine. I have a lot of questions about safety, and especially as you mention the word vaccine to anyone, the first thing they think about is COVID. Mm-hmm. And there's so much controversy, and everyone starts saying yes or no. And you get this people who are for vaccines and people are against vaccines, and it can create quite a lot of animosity and almost like, yeah, you know, people get quite upset about it. Yes, but yes. The vaccine is, is very safe, it's been tested for many years. And in my research that I've done, the biggest side effect is that it can cause a bit of a red reaction after you get the vaccine. Mm. And this increases with the more valency. So, for example, you may get a little bit of redness at the injection site with the bivalent, a little bit more with the four valent, and a little bit more with the nine valent. With all vaccines, everyone has a risk of this thing called syncope, which is a medical word for saying fainting. I don't know if you had the, the COVID vaccine, but I think... But um, after you had the vaccine, you you were monitored for 50 minutes to Mm -hmm. make sure that you didn't have a reaction, you didn't Mm -hmm. faint, Mm -hmm. similar type of thing. All vaccines can can cause that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if people want more information on on HPV, it's fascinating to me that there's so many, uh, for example, types of it. Where can they get information from? And um, do people need a script uh, to get the HPV vaccine?
2: You don't need a script to, to get the HPV vaccine. You can visit your GP, and, and, and they can give it to any healthcare worker. And they should be able to to give it to you. And what you can do, they can just counsel you on which is more appropriate, especially from a financial point of view, either the bivalent, the four valent, or the non valent non valent vaccine. And so the, the other question you said was.
1: Um, do you need a script uh, oh, to no to script. to you get don't. the HPV? You
2: don't need you don't need a script. And, and just because to the website,
1: yeah, um, please.
2: The suppliers of the vaccine. So if you just type in and Google um, HPV vaccine, all the latest providers of the HPV vaccine will come up. A lot of the government websites actually have very good um, HPV information. So for example, if you're a, mo- a mother or a father and you've got a child who's now 11 years old and you actually, I would advise them all to go and get the vaccine, I would definitely advise to go and have a look at any local government website. I'm in the Western Cape and if you go to the Western Cape um, Western Cape government website, they've got a whole other information about how you get the vaccine. Also, and um, the, the government institutions also have quite good social medias. Mm. And if you go and follow them, they give updates. For example, I remember mean, I presented a while ago. They were doing a um, a drive, and they were um, encouraging parents to sign the consent forms to have the HPV vaccine. And that was all available, all available on on Facebook.
1: Fan- and fantastic and important information, Dr. Bennett. Thank you so much for your time
2: pleasure. Anytime. I hope that helps a whole lot of people.
1: Thank you. Dr. Jason Bennett is an obstetrician and gynecologist at the Beck Hospital and he's a fellow in Gyne oncology. It's 11.30, the news headlines now with Nomalizo On SFM. It's 11.32, so our next guest is gearing up for an investment co- conference in their municipality that is aimed to explore the investment opportunities that are available in the region. The conference also provides a platform for knowledge sharing among investors and discuss best practices on how economic development initiatives can thrive. We are joined by Councillor Banele Viu and Damasa, Executive Mayor of Nyandeni Local Municipality. Honorable Mayor, good morning. We welcome you to the show. Uh, According uh, to you, there's an opportunity, uh, here's an opportunity for you to greet our listeners and introduce yourself and the Nyandeni Local Municipality and unpack your value proper
0: Position as Nyandeni. Hey, KG, uh, uh, good morning to you and uh, all SAFM business. Uh, as you have said, I am the Master, the mayor of Nyandini Municipality. The first question that I must uh, answer to is where is Nyandeni? Nyandeni is in the Eastern Cape, in the Or Tambo district. Uh, it's just 25 kilometers outside Amtata on your gateway to Port St. John's. It's made out of two uh, small village towns of Ngeleni and uh, Yes, indeed, we are hosting the investment conference tomorrow. Uh, we've been seeing it uh, from far, but now it's real. It is tomorrow on Friday, the 7th and 8th at DEM Country Lodge. Nandini municipality is a small municipality, as I'm saying. It's surrounded by 282 villages. That tells you that it is indeed a rural municipality, depending solely on equitable share by the National Department. We have taken as you... a a position as a council that we can no longer solely rely on the funding that comes from the National and Provincial departments. That is why we took a stance that we must, you know, invite investors to explore opportunities. Cities like Johannesburg and all these cities in the country no longer have a space to develop. And and Nyanin offers an unpolluted, you know, environment. Uh, That is why we're calling upon investors to come and invest in our spaces. Uh, we have been trading in cannabis from the time immemorial since the days it was illegal to trade on it, but the whole of people have been trading on on cannabis and we are saying when well, now cannabis has been used as a medicinal plant, our people must not be left out so cannabis is one of the areas upon which any investor can come invest in. We are surrounded by plantations uh, both indigenous you know and commercial, but unfortunately. There is no manufacturing taking place, you know, as a secondary production coming out of the raw material, which is the trees, you know, that you planted. We think that is another opportunity.
1: Yeah. And Yangdin
0: offers a very conducive climate for anyone who wants to delve into agricultural production, whether it's livestock farming or crop production. We offer opportunities on that. We've got arable land. We're in good conditions with our traditional leadership. In terms of the land, we have a six, a, a six beaches at Nyandeni because we we own over 30 kilometers of coastal stretch. So when it comes to oceans economy, when it comes to holiday, you know, homes, anyone who wants to invest into that space, Nyandeni is open for that. So that's who we are as Nyandeni. We have started from 2016 uh, kg uh, up until now. We are the only municipality, you know, in our district that has. Uh, performed unqualified audit opinions from AG that tells you if any investor comes and invests into our space we have got good financial you know the monitoring and, and financial controls Yandini is in the spirit of choice and the municipality of, a, of a reference that is why we're calling upon any investor who's got a dollar to spend Yandini is open for investment
1: yeah. So, I mean, I can deduce from the introduction that you're also hosting this Investor Summit uh, summarily. What what do you want to uh, achieve through the summit that you're hosting?
0: KG, we, we want um, an investor in the land who has money. Uh, he doesn't know where to invest into. Hence, I'm saying, I'm currently in Jobeck. I met few investors who so are interested in coming down to Jandim. There's no longer a space to invest in these big cities, but Nyanin offers that. We are a municipality that is serviced by departments that are currently based in KSD, which is a neighboring municipality in Amtata, like uh, the Department of Education. Houses over 100 employees were supposed to be stationed in Nyanin, but because of lack of office space, they end up stationing in Amtata. So anyone who wants to invest into the property space in terms of office park development, Yandin is open for that. You have got land already available for any developer who wants to start constructing even next week. And we will be willing to negotiate with that person as to what can be the terms upon which we can agree upon so Mm -hmm. that that development of an office space uh, comes into reality so that those officials who are housed in Amtata can get closer the people whom they are supposed to say this.
1: Yeah. I mean, talk to me, Mayor, about the uniqueness uh, of the municipality. Over and above what you said earlier, are you able to unpack any other features that you feel outstanding?
0: Yes, uh, yes, KG. Uh, we have got a population of 318,000. Uh, out of the 318,000, it's only two wards that, you'll say, are a bit urban, which is uh the What twenty one and what seven. The rest it's open land for anyone who wants to invest into cultural development. We offer that. Our climate, we have since last week KG, uh SA weather say the came on board, they have just put up the instrument that assists us in reading the data for the climate, therefore. We are well informed as to how the weather is going to be like for the next days. We no longer rely on the Amtata weather as normally projected by the FACC, but we've got a reliable data. Mm-hmm. Therefore, whoever wants to come and invest into our space, as I am saying, we have achieved unqualified audit, audit opinion for the past six years. Therefore, who doesn't want to you know, uh, 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 <laughs> have relations with such an quality? We are stable. Uh, because we understand that social, political stability is a clear requisite to economic growth. That is why we're calling upon everyone to, have to invest into our space. We've got a council and citizenry of 318,000 people who are able, willing and and, and and ready to welcome any investor who wants to come and invest into our space.
1: Yeah. So then you have also these six priority sectors that you refer to. Do you want to unpack them, Mayor?
0: Yes, as I said, cannabis is one of those. Uh, manufacturing uh, is one of those as i was saying we are surrounded by a plethora of vegetation that we don't convert into opportunity into you know economic opportunities so that we create employment for our own people at the same time those who will be investing into our space will be able to make money is the second one uh, the third one is oceans oceans economy as i am saying anyone wants to invest into oceans economy into fisheries we do have uh, you know conducive uh, beaches that are able to offer that. Who has, Anyone who wants to invest into you know, holiday homes, we are open uh, in, into that. Anyone who wants to invest into cropping, whether it's animal farming or, or, or vegetable farming, we do have land that is available for that. So those are the areas of investment that into uh, the office park is an area of investment also that is available for any investor who wants to come and invest into our own spaces.
1: So, Honorable Mayor, please remind our listeners of uh, the date, the time, the venue of the summit, because you said you're in Joburg, the venue of the summit for those who wish to be part of this investor summit and and how they uh, participate, they can get to participate.
0: At uh, KG, I'm, in, I'm at the airport now, heading for home. The venue is Den's Country Lodge uh, on the way to Deben as one knows, Den's Country Lodge at, at Lujacini Village, because they said we cannot host, you know, our investment content outside the boundary of our own municipality. So we're hosting them at Den's Country Lodge for two days, the 7th, which is tomorrow, and the 8th, which is Friday. So people want to come. It's half past eight in the morning. We start up until in the late hours of, of, of the day. So that's where you will find us.
1: Fantastic. Is there a website also that people can go to for any further information?
0: Easy, you just log into Nyandele Local Municipality website, you'll find us there. At the same time, you get us on on, on Facebook and you get us on on Twitter, Nyandele Local Municipality. That's who we are. you find us on both platforms.
1: Safe travels to you, man. Thank you so much for your time. KG, thanks to you. Uh, You
0: are welcome to the municipality of choice and the municipality of reference. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Councillor Viewendamase, Executive Mayor of the Nyandeni Local Municipality. It's 11.41.